Trigger warnings for this episode include death and murder. I mean, I remember feeling really overwhelmed the first time I met someone who had an Android phone. Because, like, my mom had an iPhone. Like, I think I still had a flip phone at this point. And, like, then I was, like, trying to play with, like, a girlfriend's Android and I couldn't figure anything out. I'm like, how? I feel so old, but I'm like 21. <laughs> like, it took me a while to get a smartphone. I had, I, I was kind of slow on that. It took, I was like maybe like three years behind everyone else. I, I do that same thing. I, I'm always behind on phones and like video games because it's like you can save so much money if you just get like one generation older. Like I just got a PS4 last uh, winter holiday, and so. It was like, now I have all these, like, proven great games that have, like, thousands of reviews. Like, I can be pretty certain it's going to be a good game. Um, and, uh, yeah, everything's in the clearance bin already. So it's great. You can save buku bucks. Yeah, it makes it easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, I, I have a Switch, and that's it. My computer is for drawing, so it literally, like, I... I had like a friend asking like, oh, can we like play this game over Steam together? And I was like, let me check. My computer's not very good at video games because it's meant for drawing. And I like ch- I looked up my mm-hmm. video card and it's like out of the like 500 most demanding video games, your computer can play zero. <laughs> and I was like, oh, OK. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, that's hilarious. Yeah, I'm definitely oh, behind man, in the in, like the computer world. But it's, that's why I like consoles, because I'm just like yeah. I can buy the console and play everything and it's easier. Right. In a way, that's really cool because it's like you don't have to be very tech savvy. You just like buy the thing and you're ready to go, like plug and play. But the beauty of a PC is that you buy the initial investment and then you just buy like one little $50 thing yeah. every year and you still have like a pretty top of the yeah. machine. So in the long run, a PC is cool, but it is a little intimidating up front. Yeah, it's and not also right I move everything. a lot and especially like going back and forth overseas. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't bring a PC back and forth, so... Just got to stick with what I got. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Like you've been kind of moving from the U.S. to Japan. What's the deal? That's so cool. I feel like so many of us Americans are like, that's the dream. Like, why aren't we all doing that? That's so cool. Yeah. um, I I mean, I'm kind of a little late to the game, but I because I went to art school and then like I studied Japanese in high school a bit and then I kind of went to college for Japanese and then I, uh, like, I don't know. It's like, I just went back and forth a lot. And then, but after graduating art school, I went back to college for Japanese. And then I was like, okay, like, this is kind of what I want to do. So I um, studied abroad at Japan Women's University in 2019. And um, then I uh, came back at the end of that year and then I applied to JET which is like the program where you teach English in Japan and I got accepted and originally I was supposed to leave in um, April of 2020 but then COVID happened. (laughs) What happened in April of 2020? I don't remember. (laughs) Yeah I know. (laughs) Nobody nobody remembers this year has been 20 years but um, so yeah so everything got kind of pushed back a bit but now I finally have a date like a departure date again so um january of of next year is when i am now supposed to move and hopefully you know nothing else happens between now and then yeah let's hope man yeah covid's a scary thing but it's good that it's not like crushing everyone's dreams like or you can at least pivot your dreams a little bit you know it's only only temporarily crushing (laughs) you could use a little temporary crushing it builds character (laughs) 
Uh, as long as it just doesn't, you know, kill you or your loved ones, then uh, maybe we can still salvage something yeah, out of this we're, game. We're getting our way through. Yikes. Kind of. Yeah, the year's going to end yeah. one way or another. It's a, just a matter of time. Uh, but yeah, we're here to discuss the Ace Attorney series. Is this something you've been playing for a long time, like since they yeah, first came out? Yeah, so or this is your story? probably, like, for me, it's, like, the oldest fandom that I, like, really, really got into. Um like before, mm. it's not like a childhood fandom. It's like yeah, a like I was fandom. I was fifteen, <laughs> fourteen or fifteen when the first game came to the DS um, in the America, and I like I had I got the trailer. I got like a I think it came with a Nintendo Power. It was like a trailer disc, and it had like all the trailers from E3 mm. that year or whatever. And I like saw this like trailer for this weird court game, and it was like the law has never been this fun. And I'm like, this like what the heck is this? This is amazing. And I like showed it to my friends, and they were like, uh, like what? I don't know, I don't know what to say about this. <laughs> um, but like I got it like right when it came out, and I played through it super fast, and I just like immediately fell in love with it. And um, and then like awesome. I like that was still a time where like forums were kind of like the main thing like we hadn't didn't really have twitter yet or discord or any of the kind of modern social media so i was part of like an Mm -hmm. ace attorney forum and like i have friends that i met there that are still like my really good friends today um and they're just an ace attorney has just been like my favorite game series and i play all the new games when they come out and it's just it's just I think it's amazing. <laughs> That's so cool. And I, I've got a ton of respect for games that kind of don't fall in the traditional genres. Like generally, whenever something is like blank has never been this cool, that's something I'm really <laughs> interested in. Like, cause it's going to be a new experience. You know, it's, it's like, I like, I, I love Dr. Stone for a similar reason. It's like, you know, you remember science from like science class. Well, this science has never <laughs> been so cool. And then you like watch that show or read the manga and it's like, yeah, you're right. This yeah. is really cool. <laughs> and same thing yeah, with, uh, Attorney, with Ace Attorney. Yeah, Ace Attorney, I think it's interesting. Like, it was an interesting choice to localize in the first place. Like, why would they bring this weird Japanese mm-hmm. anime lawyer game over to the States? But then it ended up being, like, way more popular than, than they anticipated. I remember, like, I, it sold out. I don't think it sold out, like, immediately. But, like, once everyone realized it was really good... Then it like sold out and there was like a mm-hmm. long period where it was hard to get because they had to like wait to do a reprint. And also like I remember um, we it took a long time for them to announce because um, when we got the first one on the DS, which was actually a remake, there were three games on the Game Boy Advance in Japan. And then when they remade the first one for DS, they also localized it to English and. Um, so for a long time, we didn't know if we would ever get any of the sequels. Like, we were just kind of like, oh, I guess we'll have the first one. And then, like, there was, like, a fan translation of, like, the first case of the third game. And, and like, I remember on the Ace Attorney forums, I was a part of, like, one of my friends did an April Fool's joke that they said, like, oh, the second game has been announced for English. And I got so mad at him because it was, <laughs> you know, it was a joke. But eventually we did get them. Yeah. And we've gotten... You know, all the main games, there's been six main games, and we've gotten um, the the Professor Lacing crossover game, which is also really fantastic. That's, like, one of my favorite games of all time. 
Yeah, Professor Layton is always linked to Ace Attorney in my mind. Like, there was kind of this golden age on the DS of, like, cool, quirky games that you wouldn't have always expected to get localized, but, like, you're so thankful that they did, and they seem so, like, charming and special and unique and just very DS. Like, DS had a, a really sweet spot there for a while. No, totally. It's the, those and also, like, Ghost Trick and um, Hotel Dusk and... Uh, just all these all these really kind of visual novel s games that all worked really well with like the mm-hmm. touch screen or like the two screens and yeah it was just it was a really cool era of gaming and i was a big fan of just kind of everything in that genre Uh, by the way, if anyone's listening to this, this is Maddie Cobb. Welcome <laughs> to the show, Maddie. I've been uh, wanting to try a new, like, casual intro, and I think we just hit it. Uh, but yeah, welcome to the show. Um, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself or where they might know you from? Yeah, um, my name is Maddie. Uh, on Twitter, I'm known as Oh That's Raspberry. I do just, I kind of just post a lot of, like, artwork I do. Um, I do a lot of One Piece stuff. I do a lot of Hunter Hunter stuff lately. Um, I've also been on, um, the Talking Simpsons podcast, as well as their What a Cartoon podcast, and I've been on Retronauts, um, so, I don't know, I'm kind of, like, all over the place, but, um, if you, if you're a fan of any of those podcasts, you might have heard me on them before. Yeah, for sure, and your art is so cool, too. I love your, your style, for one, but also your color choices are always really, like, I don't know. That's something that really appeals to me. And like, it almost annoys me when someone doesn't pay much attention to their color choices. But yeah, your artwork's super excellent. People should check your Twitter maybe for the most current information. Yeah, definitely. My Twitter is the best place to find stuff out because things are always kind of sporadic and like moving to Japan soon. So wow, like I would say like probably 90 to 95% of my orders are from the US. And so if I'm in Japan, then it means almost everything's international shipping which yeah that's fun. don't want to really deal with <laughs> I, I mean i remember i i used to run a a clothing thing like i screen printed and designed and screen printed my own stuff when i was in college but so i had free or five dollars shipping to anywhere outside the u.s i was like that's yeah, probably good and then someone ordered something from africa and i like so it was like the shirt costs like $15 and there's $5 of shipping. And I like take it to the post office and it was like, I think it was like $18 just for the oh my shipping. God. And then it's like, yeah. you know, there was, it was a small profit margin anyway. So it's like, I'm losing money on this, but this is so cool that I get to like ship something internationally. So I did it once and then I had to like change the settings to be like, you yeah. should, you should calculate this for me. It's, and, uh, it's unfortunate because it's, it's really expensive. Like mm-hmm. even just to send like a little keychain, it's like the lowest I think to Canada is either like ten or twelve dollars. Wow. And then um, most of the rest of the world is around like sixteen, and it's it's a, it sucks because it's like I want to you know be able to offer this stuff to people in other countries more easily, but like mm-hmm. there's just no other way. Yeah, um, yeah, but you've still you've got a Kofi page, which is really cool too. Um, I don't know if that's a very popular platform but i don't know just your profile in there looks super charming and fun like yeah and that that's fun because that's just like if people pay five bucks i'll do like a little doodle for them and and people seem to get a kick out of that so and digital is easy to ship internationally (laughs) yeah that's definitely and it's it's one of the things i've been thinking about too it's like what can i do while i'm in japan can i you know like what kind of digital stuff can i offer 
And I've also thought about like, oh, maybe I should do something like Japan focused, like about life in Japan. I I don't know. It's like it's stuff I'll figure out when I get there. Yeah. And it's good to like not commit to a whole bunch of stuff before you even get there. Like <laughs> at least, you know, get settled. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I'll be working full time as well. So I don't really want to overload myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Have you ever taught before? I've done like a lot of tutoring um, and because like when I was in art school, I was like an in-class tutor. So I I did that and I also ran like a life drawing workshop Um, and then I did some English tutoring when I was in Japan last time. I did some for, they had like a little language center at my university so like Japanese students could come to me to help get help with their English. And I also had, like, my favorite was I had a part-time job once a week where I would go over to this little family's house, and they just wanted me to kind of, like, play with their little three-year-old and, like, speak English the whole time just so we could kind of start picking up, like, sounds and words and, like, pronunciation. And it was just really fun because we just, like, play with trains, and I'd I'd teach him train words and things like that. (laughs) Um, But he was But he was just, like, so cute, and it it was just a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's really good for his brain. I'm sure like getting exposed to another language early on makes it a lot easier to learn. Yeah. And especially for going from Japanese to English, they have a lot fewer sounds in their um, in their language. So it can be difficult um, just kind of like your vocal cords kind of get adapted to whatever language you speak. So when you have to kind of learn different sounds that you're not used to speaking, it can be really challenging. So if you introduce those earlier on it can be a little easier in the transition yeah that's that's so cool um former guest on this show james york who's at cheap shot on twitter he's a chiptune musician but he also teaches english in japan um and oh, he's, cool. he's helping me with some a translation project after we get off this call so it's like i kind <laughs> of have like you know teaching english in japan on the mind right now um seems like a really cool opportunity and you know obviously we wish you the best and hopefully that goes really well i think that your students will definitely think you're pretty cool uh based on you know (laughs) just even your artwork like being able to incorporate that a little bit here and there would be so cool yeah i hope so it'll it'll be interesting i think i'm i'm teaching at either two or three or four schools because i'm i'm gonna be in a really small town um i'm gonna be in totoriken which is the least populated prefecture in all of japan Wow. Um, and the town I'm in is like, I think it's like 12,000 people. So I'll probably be, if not the only one of the very few foreigners wow. that live there. Um, and I'll be teaching at, I think, I think it's, I think it's three um, elementary schools and one middle school. So yeah, I don't know. Hopefully they think I'm cool. <laughs> That's so awesome. I, I'm sure that they will. From the experiences of friends I have who have taught English internationally, usually uh, they just, I don't know, they, they feel like there's a lot to be appreciated about a, a foreign teacher coming to help teach the language that they're native in. I don't know. There, there's something about yeah. that. And I feel like just the Japanese culture seems like it's very polite and like uh, appreciative of their teachers, which, what a concept. That's great. Uh, <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think you'll be successful. I think that would be cool. Uh, life experience for sure, too. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. 
Awesome. So let's jump into it. Like, what about the world of Ace Attorney do you really want to like walk into or like experience firsthand? Yeah. So one thing that's cool about the Ace Attorney series is because it's like kind of, you know, a detective game is you end up going to a lot of different locations. And um, I feel like that would translate into like cool kind of, you know, like lands as far as a park goes. Yeah. Um, and when I've been to like... Uh, both like the One Piece theme park that doesn't sadly doesn't exist anymore, but it used to in Tokyo Tower, um, and also uh, oh, what's it called? It was like a Shonen Jump theme park, which also doesn't exist. I'm just gonna talk about all these places that don't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, um, but not only have you them... never been to Japan, but you'll never get to see these cool things. <laughs> um, I think it was Jump World, um, but they both had kind of, you know, they were like indoor theme parks so they don't didn't really have rides but they had a lot of like walkthrough areas mm-hmm. um so you could walk through like in the one piece you could walk through like the boat and the different rooms in the boat and like the kitchen and the bedrooms and stuff and like see and just like look at all the stuff and it's just like really fun and they put like a lot of little details and you know you can take pictures i guess that's kind of like in disneyland like mickey's house mm-hmm. like they have that too where it's just like you walk through and you, like, look at all the stuff. And I guess they're also, like, photo greeting areas. But um, I thought that would be cool as far as in this theme park for kind of the entrance. I like to have, like, their offices. Because cool. I don't really know how else you could incorporate, like, law offices into a theme park. <laughs> but, um, you know, they're very, in the game, you know, they're obviously very detailed. And they're very specific about what's in the office. And, like, when you're investigating... You know, you click on everything and he talks about everything. He talks about the plant. He has like a plant named Charlie in his office. And, you know, there's just like all these little details. So I thought that would be cool just to have like a walkthrough area for all the offices. A hundred percent. And like the level of detail you said is it's way more highly detailed and like specific than any real law office I've ever been to, um, which tend to be just kind of like a hotel meeting, like meeting conference room or something where it's just like this looks nice but it's totally forgettable and like totally bland um yeah these offices are not bland they feel lived in they feel more they feel like hyper realistic almost yeah and even like putting just like putting like you know like phoenix's blue jacket up or something like things like that Mm. make you really excited when you see them (laughs) even though it's like something so simple um it's the same as like in um Okay, I'm probably going to end up referencing the One Piece theme park a lot because I went there a lot. But like at Sanji had a restaurant and like they just had his jacket hanging up and you're like, oh, look, it's his jacket. And, you know, I don't know. You just get excited because you're just kind of like looking around and noticing things. Yeah, I love that. And it can be kind of weird. I mean, I guess we might as well talk about it. Like, do you want to have walk around characters who have like either like a fake head that's shaped (laughs) like the like a chibi version of the character's head? Or is there a a version that looks like the the live action film depictions or is it just there's like their presence is there but you don't explicitly see these characters so what i thought for this is there's actually um the police department in the i think it actually might be before the fifth case but it features mainly in the fifth case of the fourth game um they they create this mascot character called the blue badger um who and like in one of the later games he's like becomes like an actual mascot character at a theme park and so like there's already the mascot character <laughs> created That's for amazing. it yeah and he's just i mean he doesn't even look like a badger he looks like this weird kind of jester creature uh, but yeah he's... <laughs> just an image search 
That yeah, doesn't look like a mascot or he's a He's super bizarre, and he also, like, features prominently in a murder case, so, like, in multiple murder cases, but... <laughs> But like, and he and he has like a girlfriend, like called the Pink Badger. But like, you know, there you go. You already got your two mascot characters. <laughs> That's um, amazing. <laughs> so yeah, um, that works out for sure. Yeah, and then apart from that, I was thinking like there'd be a center stage for performances, mm-hmm. and this I kind of get from like Universal Studios, which has like a stage that like the Blues Brothers would like be on sometimes and like i don't know who else right but um and because they're in the fourth game um the prosecutor is part of a band um called the gaviniers and so i was like oh maybe they could do like a performance of that band on the stage and then you could have just like normal kind of cosplay people for that um and then also for that stage, I was thinking like uh, Phoenix's daughter in the fourth games and upward. Her name is Trucy, and she's like a magician. So I was like, oh, she can do like a magic show. That'd oh, be cool. I love that. That's really cool. Yeah. So those were kind of ideas as far as like characters go. But as far as like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It could be fun to just have the normal walk around characters too, though. Yeah. But and you can definitely do do both you know it's not like you're yeah. gonna offend anyone if they see two different versions of phoenix right at different yeah. points in their day it's it's interesting because in um the one piece theme park and also at universal studios when they do their one piece thing in the summer the um like the i guess the face characters of like the the pirates like luffy and everyone they can't talk um mm. which is interesting because obviously at well, I don't know, because Disney is both, but it's like when they're like a live action person, like Peter Pan or Cruella or whatever, they talk, right? Mm-hmm. But they don't talk if they have a mask on. But um, so the, they they don't talk at all. And I think part of it is because um, in Japan, they're very particular about the voice and how they connect like the voice to the character. So the only time they ever talk is if they're on like a pre-recorded thing with the actual voice actor. Yeah, like you're never um, going to find someone who looks like this character and sounds like the voice actor. Like, yeah. that's impossible. And so same for like the One Piece stage show is that it's all pre-recorded audio done by the, you know, the real voice actors. And mm-hmm. then they just get people to play the parts and like lip sync. Um, so so that's interesting. And But Ace Attorney doesn't have the voice thing, really. I mean, I guess they do now because there's an anime, but like originally they didn't as much. So... I don't know, you know, it could go either way with that. But I don't know what they would talk to you about. Like, they're, they're lawyers and stuff, so it's just like, hey, yeah. how's it going? <laughs> Seen any murders? <laughs> Giving them the ability to speak might just create, like, a logistical headache. What's fun, too, is that, like, with the One Piece characters, it made them have to be really active with their body language. Right, and, like, and cartoony so it was, almost. Like, yeah, yeah, and so it was actually, like, really fun to watch them because they, like... It, you know it's like three stooges or something like it's all like <laughs> physical humor and so they just be like really overacting and really funny so you know you could you could do something like that but i don't know you know it might just be easier not to have them at all 
Yeah, I mean, we could have them in like, I'm sure we'll talk about the courtroom at some point, but um, they could be active participants there. But like, maybe you just get sent to their office to look for clues for something or... Yeah, and so so that's another thing I was thinking about. Like, first I was kind of like, oh, maybe there should be like an escape room or something. Because I was like, what would, you know, fit with a theme where you could like kind of solve a puzzle? But... Then I was like, maybe there sh- they should have like a like a park wide kind of like mystery where you have to like find things like clues and stuff all over the park, and then you have to like try to you know guess who like the culprit of the murder is or whatever, and maybe you can win like a little prize or something if you get it right. That's really cool. And you were kind of talking about uh, having all the like photo op areas at the One Piece theme park. We should definitely do that here too. You know, especially oh, definitely, yeah. because of the kind of visual novel style of these games. Like a lot of the times you see the same angle of this room all the time. So it'd just be cool to like be able to get your picture standing in like the, you know, uh, visual novel pose that everyone is like, everyone stands right here and faces that way. So take my picture and just everyone like that. points. <laughs> right? Point, and point at the other lawyer. <laughs> you could have like uh, physical props that are like the text boxes that are like covering the bottom yeah. third of the character portrait. Like you're holding this text box. Yeah, no, it was definitely, yeah, like the courtroom and also like there's like the detention center where you talk to your client. And so mm-hmm. you can, you know, have have you and someone else on like both sides of the glass or whatever. Um, That's so fun. Yeah, and I d- <laughs> I definitely think yeah, like just that kind of attention to detail and recreating the the locations would be really you know a good feature for a park like this. Oh, absolutely. You know, people already have their phones out taking pictures of each other. They can also take pictures of clues to prove that they've seen this this item. But you can yeah. kind of it's kind of it solves a problem that we've run into with other theme parks where it's like, okay, so if Batman finds this Riddler thing, wouldn't he just pick it up and take it? And then none of the other people playing Batman can find that clue. Um, so in this one, it'd be like, no, that's a crime scene, so don't touch it. Just take a picture and then move on, and everyone else can do the same thing who's in line behind you. So it, it yeah. allows for sharing a little bit more. And two, one thing that was cool, um, so when I was like, I'm a big One Piece fan, and so I'm going to talk no. about One Piece a lot, obviously. <laughs> um, but when I was in um, Japan in 2019, um, they had a there was a new movie coming out and when the movies come out they do like a lot of promotion and there's just like crazy events going on everywhere one of the ones i went to was we actually like had to take a ferry to this island that is normally called like sarujima which is monkey island but then they like renamed it like monkey d luffy island for this and that one had a um like a I don't know what to call it, like a scavenger hunt or something. Um, but it was all QR codes. So you mm-hmm. like went around the island and they had like signs posted with little QR codes. And so you like took pictures of the QR codes and it gave you like a digital stamp and you had to try to collect them all. That's and so, so cool. things like that are, you know, with, with the technology we have now, things like that are really cool and really easy. Right. And, you know, add for something that is easy for a lot of people to do. This is a random kind of side note, but there is a an open source game design platform that I used like three years ago, and I cannot find it anywhere on the internet. So if anyone out there has heard of this or knows what it's called, let me know. But it's basically that same thing. Like you 
design, like basically a sequence of events, kind of like in an escape room, like they have to find this clue and that lets them go to this place and then that will open this door, that kind of thing. Um, but it's just a series of like instructions you make online and then you hit print and it prints out a bunch of QR codes for like, here's the first key, here's the second key, here's the third key, and they're just QR codes. You can put artwork with them if you want. And then you just go post them around, you know, your your area. So this was in a high school. When we did this, I was teaching high school. And so we'd put, like, this QR code on that door. That one goes down there. And then, like, it was this really simple thing on your phone where it's, like, you solve this riddle. And you realize, oh, I need to go to this teacher's classroom, scan the QR code. And then it's, like, okay, now you're ready to go to the next thing. And it pops up a new clue on your phone. So, anyway, it basically allows for people to do this kind of design for free. And it was such a cool game design thing. And kind of like augmented reality without all the fancy technology. Um, <laughs> but I, I wish I knew what that was called. Like I keep Googling it because I keep being like, oh, I, I, I want to do that. this. <laughs> yeah, right? When you just lose something. And it's, yeah, and it's just like, and too, like now the internet is just so cluttered that sometimes mm. it can just be impossible to find something and you're just like typing in like a mish, mash of words, like, please. Yeah, <laughs> Come it up. can be, it can be really tragic sometimes because we're so used to having every piece of information instantly. Um, yeah. <laughs> speaking of, you know, little boys with like Japanese trains, uh, I used to work at Toys R Us and there was this cool Japanese train set that was too expensive for me at the time. Uh, but then recently I was like, I need this train set. It was the coolest <laughs> thing ever and I can't find it anywhere. And I've spent an embarrassing amount of time trying to find this train set. And I've even looked into like the Internet Archive, like backed up versions of Toys R Us dot com's website. And I still can't find it. And it's like, That's it's driving nuts. me crazy. It's not like I really need it, but it's like, now that I can't find it, I feel like it's like my white whale or something. Like, Yeah, for uh, sure. It's kind of fun, though. It does kind of feel like, it takes me back to like the 90s when it's like, you could want something and never see it. <laughs> like, what? Oh, oh, totally. What I mean, before before YouTube, I remember like I would, things I would see on TV and then it's like, <laughs> well, you just have to wait for it to be on TV again. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Like, I guess in a way that means there's not that much stuff that's truly, like, precious anymore because we can just, you know, find it instantly. But there's a few things that are still like that where there's still mysteries, which which is fun. But, yeah, Yeah. I I love your idea with the uh, kind of QR code type, you know, order of operations solving the the mystery because that's largely the main game mechanic is you're kind of – playing detective and lawyer. You're gathering your own evidence to build your case with. Um, And yeah, I I think that's a really cool way to basically put the part guests in the shoes of a character that's similar to the main characters of these games. I don't know if they would actually be the lawyer. Like, do you think every part guest would do the actual, uh, you know, legal defense piece? Or (laughs) is that optional? (laughs) What do you think? Um, Probably more the just the detective part of it mm-hmm. i feel like it might get a little convoluted if you start getting into more the lawyery part of it like sure. now you have to now you have to defend it and it's like <laughs> oh no i wasn't prepared for that well and luckily the way the games streamline it pretty well where you know if you kind of big brush strokes you're kind of doing the same thing a lawyer does but it's in a more like fill in the blank kind of way of like here's your bank of answers yeah and there's definitely 
parts in the game where you're just like, I have no clue. I'm just going to present every single piece of evidence I have until something's right. <laughs> and, and that definitely happens in the game. And, and I don't, and I don't want to have that kind of experience in real life, I don't think. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, it could be maybe an optional, like, little puzzle type thing or something yeah but, i'm not i'm not sure how it could work out but yeah. but definitely i think the detective portion of it would work out really i well. agree and and you could have you know it's going to be a whole theme park you could have tons of cases happening concurrently yeah or it's or it even could be like um the so the one piece theme park they had something kind of similar you would get like this pamphlet and you would have to find it was actually really cool because you would have to like find clues and um, then you'd have, like, this little, like, transparent overlay map, and there'd be a map on the back, and you had to, like, kind of, like, overlay it, and sometimes you have to, like, fold it or, like, draw lines and stuff to, like, wow. solve it. It was really, it was really cool, um, but it was, like, they'd switch it up. I don't know how often they would switch it up, because I did it two, two times, and it was different, so I don't know if they, like, switched hmm. it up, like, every month or two, or if they did it on different days of the week or what, but... Something like that. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, there might be different options. Um, I like that. And that kind of helps control traffic, too. You know, if it's like everyone wants to go do, well, I don't know, maybe there's an area that has a lot of congestion. So it's like you just start directing people to go to other cases. Yeah. And I don't know, we'd have to have like a quest giver type of person to use video game language but i think that's <laughs> yeah totally i think doable. there'd be like a like a central hub and mm-hmm. and it'd also be like when you finish it like you turn it in at the end and yeah you know i yeah. think it'd be cool if like if you if you get it right then you know you get something cute like a little button or something something simple but it's I like that. phoenix and like the defense attorneys wear like this little badge that looks mm-hmm. like a little kind of like a it's like designed after a sunflower and so I know, it could be like a little you know like a little pin button of that that's really cool or something or maybe the park guest takes the role of like a paralegal where you're kind of like assisting one of these like named characters yeah and so, you know if, if you make them happy they have like different like tiers of rewards you can get if you found every piece of evidence or if you found all the evidence and i don't know won yeah the honestly like i don't know japan does so many unique things because also mm-hmm. at jump world they had this thing it was called um chopper's quest it was another one piece thing but this one you actually got to wear this little backpack that had chopper inside what and he had like a speaker and uh. he would like talk to you <laughs> and so he'd like tell you to like when you would get close there'd be like these little mini games you had to play when you get close to one he'd be like oh there it is and then you'd play one of these weird little mini games because you were trying to like collect um, ingredients for medicine, um, and it's like you had to—I don't know—you had to like beat like four out of seven of the games or something. That's um, so cool, and it was like location based, like like they could tell where you were. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. They they do like really um, unique things in mm-hmm. in those parks. But like they were, it was also kind of janky because it like J World was, I think it was like always supposed to be kind of like a temporary park. I think it only lasted for a few years. Um, mm-hmm. But like the, the, some of the games were like really weird. It was like there was one where there were like these like six like holes, and it's like reach into the right hole. The other ones have rats in them, oh. and you're like, I don't know which one. I'm like, how am I supposed to tell? <laughs> That's um, not really a game. <laughs> yeah, and so it's yeah, so it's kind of like and, and like yeah, some of them were were kind of silly. There was one where you had to like walk across this little bar and it was so thin and I just fell off immediately. Oh no. 
And then it, and then whenever you would lose, it would play like a wah wah wah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like it's it's amazing kind of these experiences you, cre- you can create even with like limited technology, but especially like incorporating smartphones into it. You know, that's like the device that they can even make it so if you scan a QR code, you get like a little video of mm-hmm. you know like you know phoenix or someone with like you know just kind of like the generic like from the games like his sprite and like the text box like talking to you yeah and it's like he's facetiming you to be like hey we need <laughs> these clues as well or like go check out that building or whatever that's so cool um yeah there was a like promotion that they did with uh this navigation app I don't, it's navi time or navi time or something but it was like an ace attorney uh, like takeover type promotion where when you're using this map app, if you make a wrong turn, he like yells objections. <laughs> so we <laughs> could just be steal so that. Scary, <laughs> right? I, it's like I already made a wrong turn. Don't yell at me. <laughs> but like that's a real thing that happened. So like there's precedent yeah. for, for using oh, Ace oh, Attorney totally. characters for navigation. <laughs> so we could do that. like on kind of the location thing um so one of the things about the series is that um one of the main characters like your assistant maya she's a spirit medium um she can like summon people who have died and like get them to talk to you or whatever but she comes from like this village called kurain and it's kind of this kind of traditional-ish Japanese village, but with kind of like this mystical spin on it. So I thought that would be like another really cool area to have recreated. Um, and it, you know, it, it wouldn't have to have like any attractions necessarily, but, you know, just for like a shopping area with like a really cool facade. That's awesome. And yeah, I love just the idea of having a more diverse locations. Um, just because a lot of these games and the, the anime and stuff are just in a courtroom. So then right. when you get to go out in the real world, it's kind of nice to not just go to like regular mundane places you see in the real world, but <laughs> have something a little exciting, even though it's supposed to be a somewhat realistic, you know, setting. I love that. You know, at Disneyland, like in front of the candy shop, they have like the Esmeralda robot. Yeah. You get like your fortune from. I was like, uh-huh. maybe they could do one of those, but have it as like Maya or something. And she wow. can give you like a fortune. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I like that. I always yeah, love those I, I, fortune like, telling Those things. things are, they're really weird, but I like always get a fortune and it's always like a really stupid fortune. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why did I waste a quarter on this? <laughs> yeah. It's like a fortune cookie that you pay for. But also, like, one thing that's uh, kind of, that goes through, like, multiple of the games is that there's, like, this television series called Steel Samurai, which is kind of like a, like a tokusatsu, like a a, a Kamen Rider, Power Rangers kind of thing Mm -hmm. um, about, like, a samurai um, 
a, a steel samurai apparently <laughs> and uh and then it's like they add on like extra characters as the series goes on there's like the nickel samurai and then there's like the pink princess who's like the girl one um and they all come from this city called neo old tokyo and so i was like okay like there's another park location yeah that's cool um, and i was thinking like if I don't know. I imagine like roller coasters there. Like obviously that's probably not possible. Well, I guess it could be even if it's an indoor park. If it's a big indoor park. Yeah. Um, These are just but, our dreams anyway. We can put a roller yeah, coaster. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, but it's like yeah, you could have the Steel Samurai, which is like the main one, and then you could have like another one, which is like the Nickel Samurai, and then you could have like I don't know, like a you know, Wild Mouse coaster that's the Pink Princess or whatever. That's great. Um, and then, like, there's also, like, the competing series, which is called Jam and Ninja, which is about, like, a ninja who plays a red guitar. And I was like, that could be, like, one of those musical coasters that you, like, ride the coaster and it has, like, the music playing. That's cool. I mean, because it's, like, in this world of Ace Attorney, like, when it's their day off, what kind of theme parks do they go to? It's not going to yeah. be themed to Ace Attorney characters. It would be themed sure. to characters within their fiction. So Yeah, and I, I think like that. that's... That's one thing that I like. Um, y- yeah, it's just like that that kind of immersion of going into their world. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and it's just like, yeah, the Steel Samurai is just kind of, I, I would be like, okay, that yeah, that's like kind of the cool ride area, I guess. <laughs> that's a great idea. Really good theming. Like, it makes a lot of sense. And it, yeah, it's kind of just a more diverse, like more unnatural uh design element which means it's more fun to you know to look at i'd say yeah and it's definitely you know i i you know even though it's like okay i want like a lot of stuff in this it's still like well it's ace attorney you can only go so far you know Mm -hmm. it's one it's one franchise it's not like disney where you know you have like a hundred different properties you can work with so you kind of have to go with what you got yeah we're zoomed into this this world of these games which do have a lot of games i think there's the wiki has 38 games but i don't know if that's like separate for the japanese releases versus yeah that sounds because there's like six mainline games then there were two prosecutor spinoffs there were two uh japanese only which like take place like in the past in like feudal japan yeah i saw those and then a couple of those were like um crossover type things like with there was like an Onimusha browser game that had like a Ace Attorney, you know, theme. I don't know anything about period. that. And a Monster Hunter, two different Monster Hunter games have had I Ace guess Attorney. It's just Cap- Capcom is just like, hey, well, I know, and like Phoenix is in one of the Capcom fighting games. Yep. <laughs> and one of the battle, kind of one card of the- battle games. Yeah. yeah, he's like one of their main characters now, so they're just like, yeah, just throw Phoenix in there. It's I cool. think it's just for the novelty kind of. It's like having, it's like a. We trainer, we fit trainer on a yeah. smash. It's like that's a novelty. I was not expecting that. Uh, <laughs> so he's just kind of fun to throw in. It's like, oh yeah, and of course, you know, everyone's favorite fighter. This yeah, defense throw attorney. papers at people and <laughs> right. point at them. <laughs> I was like thinking of like different food places. I'm like, wow, there's so much food in the game. You could have so many food places. Like what? What are some of your favorites? 
Um, so, well, of course, like, I think a lot of people recognize the character Goto. He's, like, he's, like, the prosecutor. He has, like, coffee, and he has, like, this, like, weird mask with, like, lasers on it. Um, but his whole thing is that he drinks, oh, gosh, I don't even remember. It's been so long. Uh, is it 17 cups of coffee per trial? He's, but anyway, he's, like, crazy coffee addict. And so I was, like, well, of course, we have to have, a like, a Goto's coffee place. That's That's awesome necessary um and then i was thinking so one thing that the the game um is kind of known for its kind of funny localization at times because they tried to make it take place in like los angeles but sometimes it's like a little too japanese that it kind of it's a little wonky Mm -hmm. um but one thing that they changed is that in the Japanese version, Maya would always talk about going to get ramen. And so in the English one, they were like, well, we'll change it to burgers. So I was like, well, there could be like two like different Maya locations like across <laughs> from each other. There could be like a Maya ramen and a Maya burger. I love that. That's really cool. Or maybe like one part of the town is more Los Angeles or more, you know, American style. And then the other side of town is like more Japanese style. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and it, it's well, and it's funny because it's something like another change they made. I don't know if they kept this, but I think in at least in the, in the first game or the first few games, Phoenix's eyes were brown, or at least like because obviously like they changed all their names because they were all Japanese puns. And the, I mean, the localization team is amazing because they basically had all these puns and like these jokes and like weird things they had to work with, and they had to somehow figure out how to make them work in English. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in Japanese, Phoenix's name is Naruhodo Ryuichi, which is obviously not funny to an English speaker, <laughs> but he had, so he had brown eyes. And then for some reason, when they made him Phoenix, right, they gave him blue eyes, hmm. but it's like something that, you know, Japanese fan artists like pinpoint these things and they like, then they like recognize them as different characters. And so you'll see like fan art of like Naruhodo and Phoenix Wright together because That's they're like great. they're like different entities kind of um but so yeah I, I don't know there's there's a lot of interesting things with the localization but it's it's also one that I'm very fond of and I think they put a lot of hard work into it yeah and I like the a lot of the kind of international or english language version a lot the names are still puns and like yeah. references to legal terms which is really fun like they put a lot of work into it too, which is which oh, is definitely, really cool. and that's I mean, you know, trying to doing joke translation is definitely a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And it's um, an interesting like blend of uh, kind of a serious topic and like <laughs> a lot of murders happen in this series. Yeah, uh, and, but then it's also really campy and funny and like over the top zany oh, sometimes oh totally and it's also it's it's also super emotional yeah. I, I mean i've cr- i've cried multiple times when i've played the games and yeah i don't know i, th- I feel like they're a lot of japanese media is really good at balancing comedy and tragedy and mystery and all those things because yeah. you you just you really get all of that in these games which is really cool Yeah, but then as far as like other food places, I just so 
back to Steel Samurai, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> one of the characters, Larry Butts, who is, he's like Phoenix's friend from elementary school, and he's kind of a slacker who's always like taking on these different jobs. But one thing he does is he tries to sell like hot dogs, but he calls them samurai dogs. He's just like trying to like ride off the Steel Samurai brand. <laughs> So he's like, hey, these are these are samurai dogs. So I was like, okay, there's there we go. There's another <laughs> food thing right there. Um, and then in the fourth game, there's like a noodle place. I guess we already have Maya's ramen. We can have another noodle place. Why not? Of course. Um, and his name is El Dune, which is noodle backwards. So you know, El Dune's noodles. <laughs> so yeah, there's definitely like a lot of good opportunities for food places. And there's even like there's like this whole one of the cases like revolves around this like French restaurant. And it's like if you want to sit down restaurant, like there you go. It's called Trebian, cool. and that's like already all set up. And they like wear cute uniforms too, so they can even have that. That's amazing. I love that. And you could yeah. do kind of like dinner theater type stuff, like where you know maybe a part of the restaurant is is like secretly or publicly a performance space either of you know characters like phoenix wright is getting a meal with a client or something and it's like a performance art piece you know they're going through this like theatrical production while you're just eating at tables that look just like the table they're sitting at so it just feels like oh yeah you could do something like that whether it's no that's um, a that's a great idea that's another one um universal studios in japan um when they do the one piece thing they have sanji has a restaurant there and it's it's like a performance thing where the characters are all like walking around and like doing stuff while you're eating. It's actually like super distracting. I'm sure. like, you like want to eat, but you're like wanting to like watch everything, and you also like want to film everything. And and the food it's, is unique it's, too. It's not like it's just boring food. It's like interesting yeah, food too, right? Yeah, definitely. And well, and the drinks too, and like the drinks you tend like at least there you would get like a special little trinket like with every drink you order but they're like random so we're like how many drinks should we order if we want to try to get them all (laughs) um but yeah no that's a that's a great idea and it's it's definitely you know something that's so appropriate for the theme and i've never been to like a real dinner theater but you know i they seem like they'd be really fun especially if it's like a mystery one right I do think that's generally the, I've only been to one, but guess what? It was like a murder mystery. So to me, 100% of dinner theater is murder mysteries as far as I know. Um, <laughs> so it fits right in. Uh, we'll have no, prob- no problem hiring people for these roles because uh, that's all they've done their whole career. Uh, but I think that would be really cool, even if it's just kind of a short thing and then you can like get back to your meal. But, but maybe you picked up a few pieces of information or now you know that you need to go investigate that site over there might also be a crime scene or whatever i think that's pretty cool yeah yeah i know that's that's a great idea man this is a good idea we should (laughs) call up capcom yeah capcom feel free to reach out it's at amusement sparks on social media and at (laughs) definitely (laughs) i mean if they do make like a full capcom theme park which is also a great idea because you know you could have like resident evil and everything um this proves that ace attorney would make a really good spot at least for sure and we haven't even got to the courtroom either which is i think i I haven't watched the whole anime but like from the the clips that i've seen and like the compilations that i've seen there are so many hilarious visual like effects that they do to to amp up the drama and like the goofiness where like 
you know, someone will like drop this knowledge on everyone and then it's just like this huge like explosion went off in the room or it's like if you call someone out on something, there's like a huge gust of wind that like blows them over and like smashes them into the wall. There's all these like oh, yeah. over yeah, the top and it's... cartoony things. Oh, for sure. And I, I don't know if you checked out the live action movie at all. No, but they, I've, I've they seen they screenshots. Did it really interesting in that because like, I mean, Obviously, when you're playing the games, it's like you're presenting evidence and, you know, you click on the evidence and then everyone can see the evidence you're talking about, which obviously doesn't like work in real life. Like Mm -hmm. you can't be hold, you know, you can't be like holding a piece of paper and be like, here it is. And everyone's like, well, what is it? (laughs) Um, So in the movie, they have like these like crazy like digital screens that pop up. Mm. and and like those they like at one point they like can like throw them at each other That's so it's great. like like phoenix brings up like this big screen with like this evidence on it and then he just like pushes the screen at the prosecutor and it's just like it's it's so it's so ridiculous but it's so fun that's cool I, that seems a little dangerous i mean this is just <laughs> purely planning stages it's a great idea a plus you get a star but i was thinking it might be cool too to do uh, like projectors so you can project like the huge like objection over somebody and like have the sound effect and all the other lights in the room go out so it's like a spotlight it's also you know projector is like a screen because it can show text or it can show whatever um, yeah but also just like the physical elements in the room like the floor can shake and like kind of you know, <laughs> knock you over a little bit or like it can tilt you backwards so you bump into the wall behind you like if we have people sign waivers uh, or whatever, we could have some real fun that kind of looks like these really amped up, dramatized versions of getting shocked by this revelation so you like fall to the floor or whatever. Like, I think that'd be so fun <laughs> to do. Yeah, and then maybe that you can get like a little video of it right. afterwards. Oh, that's cool. And even if you can't like have the park guest actually, you know, get knocked over, you could have animatronics or actors playing the role of you know the judge and the prosecutor and the witness and everybody and they can react really strongly and have all these like cartoony yeah over the top effects happen to them that Um, would so one thing that could be cool about that is um so there's actually like a like a gallery in in the courtrooms in these games mm -hmm. and um so it's like if you do you could have it be like a live performance and then if you watch it you're like part of the gallery and cool. one thing that's really fun is that when you win a trial, like the gallery like throws confetti <laughs> for you. So it's like they could even like add that as audience participation. Like at the end of the show, everyone has like a little bag of confetti and they're like they get to like throw it. I love that. And then you can do the regular 4D theater stuff for those people. Like so if the person if you're sitting behind the prosecutor and like, you know, the prosecutor gets smashed by this huge like piece of knowledge or or like a fact is pointed out or disproven then the whole like stand behind them like tilts back or like oh, gets yeah, spritzed with water or something. i didn't even think about like 4d <laughs> stuff but that would be perfect i think it'd be really zany and just like over the top and feel like the most ridiculous game show ever but i think that'd be oh, awesome. for sure no that, that's that's perfect yeah As a fan, are there any other like moments or verbs or nouns from these games that you really want to hit on that we haven't talked about? Um, you know, I'm 
Sure. That's, it's pretty limitless, though, because there are a lot of games and there's a lot of locations. Um, and I don't know. There's just, like, there's so much fun things about the games. And I just, like, eh, they, it would just be so, so perfect to have a theme park. Yeah. And it's cool, too, that you could use, you know, the first year of the park being open you could use all cases from the first game and then you could go on to the next game and you could change out the cases pretty easily yeah well and there's even like there's specific dates too um for like you know you know when these cases happen so they can even mm. like celebrate the actual dates of the cases That's and i mean cool. one of the cases um really focuses on christmas time so you even have like a whole you could and it's like the probably the most famous case of, of the entire um series is like dl6 and the like the subsequent cases that followed it it's like the fourth case of the first game um and it's and it's all around christmas and there's always like whenever christmas happens on twitter um like there's this point in the game where um you find a, a just like a issue with the case because they're saying that it happened on christmas but it actually happened before christmas and and people always like post the screenshots like on christmas eve from it um but yeah so because you know because there are like literally specific dates where things happened you know you can you have like your holiday events like set up already because of that that's so cool yeah i love that that's a really cool way to, to do it. It can be additive, or if you really love, you're obsessed with this one case, you can make it an annual tradition where you and you know you bring your friends and you go to the same case every time and you get to like relive that same moment. I think that's really cool. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's it's so perfect. I, I'm like, oh, I want to go now. <laughs> right? I think it'd be so cool and like using smartphones to like, like take pictures of the clues and there's so many ways you can make it. Uh, more fun and like evolving over time. You can always add in additional wrinkles to each case. So if you do come back again for the the Christmas one again, they can make things go a little bit differently or like that yeah. piece of evidence that's used that, that's like really popular online, they're going to change the storyline of that piece of evidence. And now there's a, an additional nuance to it or someone else's fingerprints are found on it. Like you could mix things up pretty easily and it'll be entertaining for the diehards who are like, what? That's not how it goes. And uh, (laughs) I just, I love that kind of stuff, like subverting expectations a little bit. Um, But yeah, I think it'd be a really cool theme park. Like this might be the the coolest that the, you know, legal system has ever been because you get to to live it in a (laughs) fun way. Like that, I mean, like that trailer said, the law has never been this fun. And it's, it's true. It's, yeah, it's, I... And it's like, if you've never played any of the games, like the anime is okay, it's fine. I, I think it's not as satisfying since you're not solving the cases yourself. That makes sense. Um, and I also, I'm also quite a fan of the live action movie, even though it's it's kind of weird. <laughs> Have you seen the musical? I think that I saw that on the wiki. <laughs> there is a Takarazuka, which is like the all-female um Japanese uh like stage group which I haven't seen the Ace Attorney one I did get to see one in person um when I was there last year which was like amazing um and it's just it's really cool to have you know like a especially because so many of the Japanese theater arts like kabuki and no are male dominated like Mm -hmm. all the roles are played by men generally so to have you know the opposite of that to have Takarazuka which is all female um is super cool and yeah they do like a lot of pop culture the one 
that I saw. I don't know what the story was based off of. It was like this story about it was like a love story between like this sailor and something. Um, but like they yeah, they've done an Ace Attorney one, they've done like Blackjack one, they they do like a lot of pop culture things. Cool. Um and I don't I don't know if there's recordings of it or not, but it's definitely something that is yeah, it's just and it's just kind of uh shows how impactful, you know, this game series has been on on Japanese culture. Right. It's it's so cool and so unique and we're so lucky that it got brought over to America, you know, localized for us and everything. Because uh, it is, it's a gem. You know, it's really cool. Um, but yeah, so for the audience, if you guys have never played any of the Ace Attorney uh, games or experienced the media, do you have one that you recommend people start with, Maddie? Um, so probably the easiest way for most people now is the trilogy of the first three games is pretty readily available i know it's on switch it usually goes on sale for like 15 dollars for the whole trilogy and i think it's available on maybe steam as well um but definitely play through them in order because there are story elements that that continue um through all the games but they're super i think they're also like on iphone if you if you don't have you know anything else that can play games so yeah just start with the first game and and go see if you like it and if you do you know there's six waiting for you and then there's spinoffs so it's a great series to get into that's awesome yeah good good recommendation good point and it is also on steam and ios uh and a couple of them are available on android i'm not sure if the trilogy is but uh yeah you should be able to find that wherever games are available yeah it's it's definitely easy to get nowadays which is nice that's awesome um, all right. So if the audience wants to learn more about you and see your art and support you however is possible at the moment in time when they hear this, where could they uh, find that, Maddie? Yeah, the best way to find me is on Twitter. Um, it's the letter O. That's Raspberry. Um, I pretty much post everything there. And if I ever have like a shop open or a Patreon or my Kofi or whatever, they're always linked on my Twitter. So that's the best way to find out about me. I'm trying to think of something I could promote. Uh, <laughs> I've just started asking those on the last episode, and I was like, I should just do that every time, because who knows? If I should really warn people ahead of time, <laughs> and I'll edit yeah. this out, of course, but like... Yeah, no, I don't... <laughs> I, I kind of just do like... I don't know. It's like I do GDQ when it comes around, but that's about it. So. Yeah, like the summer games done quick and stuff like that? Yeah, but I, I don't really have anything that I kind of promote regularly. Right on. Yeah, no worries. That's awesome. Thank you for listening to the show. Maddie, thank you so much for being on. Um, if anybody out there is looking for another episode to listen to right after this, we've done actually a Capcom episode, which was Capcom Cosmos, where we tried to touch on every Capcom thing that we could think of within you know an hour and 15 minutes or whatever. So it was a little bit fast-paced compared to this one or you know more broad strokes, but the Cinema 7 guys joined for that one. And then there's also the episode called Mystery City with Zane, where we just did like the genre of mystery as a theme park. Um, this one definitely went in some different directions from that one, but you know, fans of this episode will like that one as well. But yeah, thanks for listening. Maddie, thank you again so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. Awesome. This is just a reminder that our store right now uh, all the proceeds go to the NAACP 
Legal Defense Fund, and you can find details about that and all of our other social media stuff, including our uh, things tied into our most recent couple of episodes at linktree.com slash amusementsparks.